thank you for taking time to listen to God's word today. We hope this sermon is blessing to you and your family. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you had to tell somebody this is all I have? Have you ever been um, in a situation, I don't know how many of you can relate to this, you go to a shop or something and then you thought you had enough money but then it's a little bit more and then you try to bargain with that shopkeeper saying that this is all I have. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I see a few hands here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones, if you are spending from your own pockets, you would have experienced this. There we go, <laughs> right? Um, I, I, I know a guy who recently had to take, um, you know, a, a test. I think it was, it's a driving test. And then, you know, in our country for everything, they ask for money, right? So once the test was done, then, you know, the office officers say like, can you go over there? You see a cop there, you know, can you go and uh, give him 200 rupees and, and then you can get your license. So this guy walks over so confidently and then he pulls his wallet and then he sees there's only 100 rupees. And then he confidently pulls out and gives them and says, sir, this is all I have. This is all I have. So please take it. They, they can't negotiate on that, can they? So they just took it and let him go. This is all I have. Many of us have these moments in our life that this is all I have. You know, sometimes when people ask for help, we say, this is all I have. Sometimes when you try to do something in life and something that, that you would like to step out, dream and do it. And sometimes you have this voice in your head that says, this is all you can do. This is all you can do. And, and sometimes in your head, you know, you're thinking, I want to do more, but I think this is all I can do. This morning, I want to speak to you guys on this title, When Faith is All You Have. You have tried everything, and you have tried your best with money to fix things. You have tried your best to fix things in your life through your friends. You have tried to fix that, that emptiness in your heart by filling it with a lot of online shopping, you know, offline shopping, by materialistic things, by changing jobs after job, by going from one place to another, by booking a lot of holidays. At the end of it, it's still empty. It's still empty. You want that to be whole. You want to feel that you are important. You want to feel that, that you know, you can move forward in life. You want to feel that confidence, but you are left with nothing. But this morning, I want to speak to you about something that is very important. And you have that in you. All you need to do is you got to access it. When you feel completely broken, when you feel completely lost, when you feel like everything in the world is against you, when you feel like the people that you trusted have betrayed you or have they, they have turned their back against you, when you feel that, there is something in your life. There is something in your heart that you have left with. And that is faith. Faith. 
turn to the person next to you who are sitting here and tell them, have a little faith. Those who are on Zoom, just come on, type it in the chat. Have a little faith. Have a little faith. If you're watching with somebody, look at them and tell them, have a little faith. If you're watching on your own, just shout out, have a little faith. Have a little faith. When faith is all I have. When faith is all you have, three things happen in your life. You know what happens when faith is all you have? It becomes a substance in your life that helps you to invite God for him to intervene. You know, you come to a place in life where you're like, I have tried everything. I've tried all the doctors. I have tried all the jobs. I've applied to all the universities possible. And now I just trust. And now I just have some hope. And now I just have a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith that is left in me. And I am seeking him. And I want him to do something. You know what? If you have just a little bit of faith left in you, that is more than enough for my God to use that little faith and do a miracle in your life. Just that little bit of faith and he can do a great thing. Just that little bit of faith and he can turn everything around. Everything around. Number one is, when you come to that point of desperation in your life and all you have faith, just a little bit of faith, you need to know, you need to understand that you are ready for a supernatural intervention in your life. You are ready for a supernatural in uh, intervention in your life because it is that emptiness that God is going to fill. It is to that faith that God is going to respond. When everything is just, just gone, it's left, and you all you have is faith, trusting that Jesus, I know things are crazy, I know, I know everything is around me, I can't make sense of it, but all I have is you, Lord. If God is, going to, is, God, if God is taking you into that season, all I want to tell you is hold on to that faith. Hold on to that faith. You know, go with me to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 4. In Luke chapter 19, if you got your Bible with you, you can go there. Uh, if you got your mobile phones and you can use the Bible app and you can go to Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 4. If you don't have any of this too, I will read it out for you and you can listen to me. You know, the verse will come on the screen as well. It says in Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 4, it's a story of Zacchaeus. Everybody knows the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through and there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, a superintendent who, to whom everybody reported. In other words, he was a rich guy with a lot of money. He is not a kind of guy who can say, it's faith that I have. All I have is faith. It's, he's not that guy who can say, all I have is faith. No, no, I've got some money too. I've got some enemies too. He's the kind of guy who can say, 
I have everything, but I have nothing at the same time. And this guy is now encountering the Messiah. He's now encountering the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In verse 3, he says, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. Zacchaeus represents today's lost world. There are many people out there who think they have everything, but still living with nothing in their lives, in their heart, in their soul. There's no joy, there's no peace, there's no happiness. Even though their life is filled with materialistic things, still they are disturbed. And Zacchaeus wants to see who Jesus was. He wants to see who Jesus was. And there are many people out there who wants to see who Jesus is. They don't know who Jesus is, but they want to try Jesus. And maybe one day I will preach on that separately, how to reach to the ones who wants to see who Jesus is. Yeah? Right. Nobody's excited here. Hopefully you guys are excited. All right. But he who could not see or from the crowd because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. He was short. Basically, he wants to see Jesus, but he's not able to see Jesus because he was short physically. He's not short in money. Get me, everybody. He's not short in terms of wealth. He's not short in terms of people. He's not even short in terms of enemies. He's got a lot of enemies too. He's not short in terms of people identifying him. People know who he is. But he was physically short, but it doesn't just represent, you know, his height physically. It also represents his ignorance of who Jesus is. He was short from peace. He was short from joy. He was short from happiness. He was feeling short and he was physically short. What happens is that verse 4, it says, he ran on ahead of the crowd. He tried to move away from the crowd. He tried to, he tried to move away from people who was trying to block his view of Jesus. Again, that's another sermon in that verse. How to walk away from people who are blocking your view of Jesus. Many times you want to see Jesus. Many times you want to experience Jesus. But you are just in a crowded place. And this is what Zacchaeus does, does that he runs ahead of the crowd. And then he climbs up on a sycamore tree. He climbs a tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass through that way. Jesus is coming to Zacchaeus' way. Jesus is about to pass through him. And Zacchaeus wants to be in a higher viewpoint. He climbed a tree so that he can see Jesus. Can we say that he had a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith in him, that if he can somehow see Jesus, his life will change. But he did not know what was about to happen. What he did was that he took an effort 
to climb a tree and see Jesus. And the rest of the story, we know that as he came to the tree, Jesus looks up to him and says, come down, I am going to have lunch with you, dinner with you. We are going to spend time together. And as Jesus spends time together with Zacchaeus, what happens is that he then feels that God is with him, that he doesn't need these materialistic things, that it's that little faith that shifted his life around. Now, one thing that I can assure you that no tax collector ever in the history will return their money. Try that with government of India. Nobody ever in the history would return their money, let alone a tax collector. And then now he's just giving back everything to the people. He's saying, I'm going to give back more than what I took from them. And there was repentance in his heart. There was joy in his heart. And there was something, you know, he received salvation that day. He understood who Jesus was. Where did that all began? When he took that little bit of faith and climbed a tree so that he can get a better view of Jesus. When you are going through something in your life, when faith is all you have, run ahead of the negative voices. Run ahead of the people who are trying to persecute you. Run ahead of the people who are trying to stop you from having a better view of Jesus. When everything comes closing down on you, all you need to do is, Oh God, I have a little bit of faith in me and all I'm going to do is try to see you better during my storm try to see you better during my financial crisis try to see you better during my health crisis in the midst of everything I just want to see you better but the good news is Zacchaeus tried to climb a tree but you and I we don't have to climb a tree because the son of God went on a tree and he stood there and said just look at me so that you can have the fullness of life Just have a little bit of faith. Because Jesus went on the cross. He went on the tree. So that all eyes that looks at the man who died on the cross and who rose again on the third day will be saved and will not perish. Isn't that a miracle? How many of you received that miracle this morning? Come on, wave your hand. Give me a thumbs up if you're with me online. How many of you want to receive that miracle? He's so good. When you know that faith is all you have, you have a time in your life right now and you are ready for a supernatural change. I want to make something clear. Your need is not an obligation for God to move. I want to say that again. Your need, your crisis is not an obligation for God to move. Just because you're in trouble, it's not, God is not obligated for him to automatically intervene. He's a loving God. He's a kind God because 
what happens is that God allows certain crises in our life to test our faith and what he wants to see is that if our faith is activated in our times of crisis so it's the not the need that becomes an obligation for God to move it is your faith that moves his heart to intervene when you have nothing left and you can still look up to God and say Lord in faith I still worship you I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. I don't know where my life is headed, but by faith, I still pray. I still worship. I still serve you because it is all you that I have. And all I need is you. Number two, when faith is all you have, when faith is all you have, you are making room for a miracle. You're making room for a miracle. Number one, you invite God through your faith for a divine intervention, for a supernatural intervention. And number two is that once he's there, you are making room for a miracle. Because miracle is something that you don't expect to happen, but yet it happens. So you call it a miracle. Miracle is something that happens and it happens in a way that you never imagined to happen. In fact, you receive more than you could ever imagine. So you call it a miracle if it's something that happened in your life that you actually expected to happen something happens in your life that happened the way you wanted it to happen then you are not in awe or you're not surprised by it because it's not a miracle it's something that was configured by you it's something that was tailor-made by you it's something that was initiated by you anything that you want to do you don't need faith anything that you want God to intervene you need faith and when God intervenes, it's a miracle. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16, you see the story of prophet Elijah and the widow of Sarapath. And the widow of Sarapath, she is the woman, not like Zacchaeus. She is the kind of woman who says, this is all I have. And this is all I'm left with. Poverty has hit the land. Famine has hit the land and they are not able to live in the land. So what is happening is that, you know, the, uh, uh, the prophet is also going through famine. But God is asking the prophet to step into this widow's house who also has nothing. Here is two nothing people meeting. Would you ever meet somebody like that when you are in trouble? And you want to go to somebody who's got something, right? You won't go call up a friend who's got, who actually takes money from you for juice and for coffee. Whenever you take that friend out, you know, you have to pay for that friend. So when you are in trouble, you're not going to call that person. You'll call the person who can pay for you. But here is God about to do a miracle. And what he does is that he put two nothing people together. Have you ever wondered like, God, why sometimes you just put people in my life who's also just the same as me? Can't you just give me somebody who's like extremely rich or, or got everything else together so that I can kind of live off a little bit? <laughs> oh, it looks like it's only me who thinks that. <laughs> Nobody in Zoom is like, you know, they're all like, mm-hmm. Give me a thumbs up if you've ever thought that. Right. One person. 
few more. That's great. I'm not crazy then. And you see, these two people who've got nothing, they come together. But little did they know that they're coming together for a miracle. Now the prophet is listening to God's voice. God is telling, go to this woman's house. And he's a little hesitant, but he steps in. And he knows that, you know, with confidence, because he's a prophet, right? You've got to speak with confidence. You're a prophet. You're a pastor. You've got to speak with confidence. Even though you don't know the answer, you're like, mm, I will pray for you. The prophet goes to this woman's house and like, hey, woman, what have you got? And the woman goes, I have nothing. I have a little bit of batter left. So I'm going to make a little bit of tomatoes left. So I'm going to make a little bit of dosas, maybe just two, one for me and my son. And I've got one tomato left, so I'm going to make a small tomato chutney. And this is all we have. And we're going to eat and we're going to die. Who says that? Like we're going to eat and die. Basically, what she says is, I have something to eat today and I have nothing for tomorrow. So for her, her future is dead. Many of you, you are in positions right now in your life where you know you have something for today, but you feel like your future is dead. You feel like your tomorrow, you just don't know what it's going to be like. You don't know what your next month is going to be like. You, know, you don't know what your next few years is going to be like. You are probably just like this woman. And the Lord says to the prophet, ask her to give that to you. So the prophet says, hey, listen, I know you are in trouble. So am I. But hey, make something and bring it to me first. That's what the prophet says. Make something and bring it to me first. He speaks that with authority. The woman is like, seriously? All I had is a little bit left for me and my son. And now I got to make for this guy. But the thing is, all she had was a little bit of food and oil left. But she did not know that the prophet that has entered the house brought the faith that she needed. I hope you're with me. Surround yourself with people when you have nothing left in your life, but there are people around you who also have nothing, but they have a little bit of faith in them. So that when you come together, when you feel like you have nothing and the other person feels like I have something which is faith and you come together, you are making room for a miracle. You are making room for a miracle. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, get ready for a miracle. Type it in the chat, get ready for a miracle. If you're watching on your own from home and you're on Zoom, don't turn to anybody and say, get ready for a miracle, because that would be weird. Just shout it out, get ready for a miracle. Get ready for a miracle. Get ready for a miracle. You see, in your nothing, the greatest ingredient is your faith. Is your faith. Just with faith in Jesus, you can pull through anything. You can pull through anything. You see, when the prophet asked for, the, for, the, uh, for that little bit of what she had, 
God wanted to totally empty her so that he can fill her with more. He totally took away that. So she surrendered what she had into the hands of the prophet. I don't know with what attitude she did that. She probably went into the kitchen. She probably said, uh, okay, prophet, in front, of her, in front of the prophet, in front of the spiritual, okay, I will do that. Oh, definitely. Yes, it's the Lord. And then she went into the kitchen. She's like, this guy has no idea what he's doing. I had a plan. I had everything sorted. And now he's got me to do this for him now. I'm too tired for this. I, I, this is not my plan. This is not what I... No way. This is not happening. She was like, mm -mm, I am eating this. She's probably stood there looking at, you know, while she was making and cooking, I'm going to eat this. I'm not going to give this to him. She probably had some attitude because she's struggling to obey. Many of us, we miss to make room for a miracle because we are still in that phase where we are struggling to totally give it all to God. We want to hold on to that little. And if you want to just hold on to that little, all you will have is the little. But if you let go of the little and take faith in your hands and proclaim that God can do something more than I could ever imagine, you will make room for a miracle. You will make room for a miracle. And that's what is happening in this story where she then brings it to the prophet, she gives it to him, and then she probably the prophet says, go and make more. She goes back to the kitchen like, where would I make more from? But then as she kept making, it did not reduce. It beat the law of physics, right? All right, not bad. Miracles are not subjected to the laws of this earth and the physical nature. That's why we call it supernatural. But then the surrender needs to happen in the natural. The surrender needs to happen here, right now on earth. You got to give it so that you can receive it. And what happens is that she kept making more. She kept making more. Imagine this, the entire country is in famine. And in one house, they can smell a lot of dosas being cooked. Because she's experiencing a miracle. Why? There was a man who walked in when she had nothing. And all she had was a little bit left. And this man carried some faith. And she surrendered the little bit. And there was a miracle. And there was a miracle. Have some faith. Have some faith. Have some faith. God is about to do a miracle. This is not to, the time to give up your faith. This is the time where you give up the little bit you have. And you will see God performing a miracle. Surrender everything that you have. Everything that you have. It's a miracle. When faith is all you have, the last thing is that faith will keep you alive. 
that faith will keep you alive. You know, when they received the miracle, before that, out of the mouth of that widow, she said that, I'm going to have this little bit and I'm going to die. And now that faith that brought the miracle is now going to keep them alive. I want us to even go to Genesis chapter 22, and we all know the story of Abraham and Isaac. And it says in chapter, uh, chapter 22, in verse 1, it says that God wanted to test the faith of Abraham. He wanted to test the obedience of his faith, and he asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And it was Abraham's faith that kept Isaac alive. We don't, we don't see that. We don't, we don't understand that because when everything you've got is faith, that's enough. Because that faith in Christ Jesus is going to keep you alive. It is not only going to keep you alive, it's going to keep the people around you alive. It's going to keep people around you physically alive, emotionally alive, spiritually alive. Their heart and their soul will be kept alive when you have a little bit of faith. The question probably you're all sitting there and wondering is, how can I hold on to that little bit of faith? How can I, how can I hold on to that? When I have nothing left, how can I hold on to the little bit of faith? It's here. The Word of God. The Word of God. Keep on reading, keep on thinking, keep on meditating, keep on praying. It's going to keep your faith alive. If your faith will be alive, you will stay alive. No matter what crisis that you might face, even if you are in a situation where physically the doctor has said that you're not going to live for long or you're in a crisis and they're saying you're not going to live for long, but you will be kept alive if you can have a little bit of faith. If you can have a little bit of faith. Abraham's faith kept Isaac alive. Because Jesus took that spot. When, I, when Abraham was about to be sacrificed, a lamb was given. When you and I, when we were supposed to die for a sin that we committed, a lamb was given. Those who have faith and receive the lamb shall live. If you have faith and if you receive him, you shall live. What is stopping you from believing him? What is stopping you this morning? When you have nothing in your life, when everything seems to dark, when everything seems to just come and, and, and just put you in a corner, and sometimes you don't even have words to express how you feel. Sometimes you don't even feel like talking to anybody, calling anybody, speaking to anybody about the situation that you're going through. Sometimes you just bury that deep in your heart. But can I just say, allow your faith to live in the midst of that darkness. When you allow that faith to live in the midst of that darkness, that faith is going to keep you alive. 
Faith is the substance of the things. It's the substance of our life. You know, when you talk about electronics, you talk about software, you talk about hardware, but then there is something called the firmware. The firmware is something that is programmed. It's a little electronic chip that is, that is programmed to respond. It's a hardware, it's a piece of hardware that has a firmware inside and that firmware is actually never, it is, it is programmed, it is fixed in order to do a certain response to the software. You can keep changing softwares, you can keep updating it, but the firmware remains the same because it has been programmed to give a certain response God has given a faith in our lives God has implanted a firmware for a spiritual life and that firmware is faith so that no matter what happens in our life no matter who comes and goes your immediate response is that all things are possible through Christ it is Christ who lives in me I will have hope I will stand bold I will be courageous because I am a child of God because I'm a child of God I have an inbuilt firmware in me and the firmware is faith so I don't see things with the eyes of facts I don't see things through faith I don't see things through other people's opinions I see things the way God sees things and that is the eyes of faith faith you see it even when it's not there you experience it even when it's not there by faith you move mountains today we sang that song beautifully he can move mountains. He can move mountains by faith. You can. You can. God is not obligated to intervene into your life unless you activate your faith and receive him. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know who you are, where you're watching from, if you're watching from different parts of the world and, and, and welcome here. Thank you for joining all the wonderful people who have joined from different parts of the, uh, of the country and, and the world, thank you for being here. I might not know what you are going through personally, but you have a God who knows everything. And the Lord is speaking to you. Hold on to the little bit of faith that is left in you. Just hold on. It is that faith that is going to become an invitation for God to move in a supernatural way in your life. It is that faith that is going to make room for a miracle. It is that faith that is going to keep you alive and the people around you alive. Can you give your life to Jesus this morning? Can you give your life to him, surrender to him and say, God, there are times where I have not prayed or looked at things in faith but in doubt. I have allowed fear to take over and not faith to take over. So Holy Spirit, forgive me. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. We hope that you are blessed by God's word today. Share it with someone else who you think can also be blessed by this. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can do so at kingstreechurch.org forward slash give and we will see you next week with a brand new sermon.